0: How many of you are thankful that He not only came then, but He's here tonight? Amen. He's the comforter. Praise God. Praise God. It feels good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather be beyond the fact that it's Pentecost Sunday. It's just Sunday night, and I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. Amen. Thank you, choir, for that wonderful worship. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 4. We'll begin reading at verse 1. It says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest... That thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor has come. Now, we just sang about the comforter coming, and we got real encouraged, but this woman said, There is a creditor that is coming. There is somebody that is after me, and there's somebody that is after my children, and there's somebody that's after my finances, and I don't know what I'm going to do said, the creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels and borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all of those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went up from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. What do you do when you feel empty? What do you do when you feel like you have nothing left to give? What do you do when you know somebody's after your children? What do you do when your back's up against the wall? You do what this woman did. And you pour out. And you pour out. And you pour out and say, I will gladly spend and be spent for the kingdom of God. I'll give everything I've got. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. The oil finally stopped. And then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay the debt. And live thou and thy children of the rest. Tonight, for just a few moments, I want to speak to you on this subject. No more empty vessels. No more empty vessels. My, what a service we would have. If by the end of this service, we were to look around and say, I can't find one more vessel Empty! I can't find one vessel that isn't speaking in other tongues and shouting and dancing in the spirit and field. That we would look and say, Brother Malachi, go find me somebody. And he says, Brother Landon, we've gone. There's nobody else. They're all in the spirit, they're all worshiping, they're all praising. Brother Duane, go find me somebody. Brother Landon, we've looked. We went to the back, we went into the sound booth. We even went out into the foyer and they're out in there worshiping and praising God. You say, well, how does that happen? How does how does that happen? Because we come into the house of God and there's so many different walks of life and so many different issues. I don't believe that can happen. Oh, it can happen. It can happen for we heard about it this morning. We've heard about it tonight That there were some in an upper room, and they were all filled. Every single one of them that showed up was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. No more empty vessels. Father, we love You. We thank You for Your presence. God, I ask that Your anointing would fall on these lips of clay. God, it is your will that our sons and daughters be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is the will of God that every person here tonight, if they have never received your Spirit, God, tonight is that night that they can be filled. Lord, it is your will that when we leave, that we ourselves would have that book of Acts experience where everybody in the house is filled and full of the Holy Ghost. We want to see it tonight, God. There's an expectancy in our heart tonight for it, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise Him as you are seated tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Vessels, they are all unique. The vessel speaks a lot about you. Your uniqueness is shown in you and through you every day, whether you realize that or not. Psalms tells us that each of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't matter what issues and hang-ups we might have and, and that one may look a certain way and one may have an issue here and an issue there. The Word of God says we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. Second Corinthians 3 tells us that your very lives are a letter that anyone can read just by looking at you. Your vessel tells your story. Maybe not all of it, but enough of it for people to look at you and see who you are, where you came from, your background, your walk of life. Scripture says we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God's and not ours. You see, the thing about this container here and this container here is they are meant to be filled. They are meant to have something put inside of them because a vessel that simply remains empty is nothing more than a paperweight. And regardless of our thoughts or opinions, I am a vessel that every day I am pouring something into it because this vessel does not remain empty. I've got to put food. I've got to put drink. Some of us put other things and we feed our carnality and we feed our flesh and we're putting a little bit of this in and a little bit of that. And before we know it, we're like the scientist in the lab, putting a dab of this and a drop of this and we're mixing all of these things into our lives, just seeing what might become. And before we know it, we put a little bit too much of the wrong thing in kapui. But the vessels are meant to be filled, so we spend our lives trying to fill them. We wake up and we live this life every day with a void in our spirit And we know today, because many of us have experienced the love of God and the grace of God, and the Holy Ghost being poured out, we've experienced that. But some of you can remember a day where you did not have the Holy Ghost, and you were just looking for something. You were looking for anything that would fill that void. I remember when Brother Malachi first came to Bible study, he talked about all the different churches he had attended, and he had been from this church to that church to this church, What was he doing? He was saying, I'm empty. I've gone here and I've gone there, but I'm I'm looking for something that can fill this void in my heart. I'm looking for a God that really does care and really does want to save my life. There are other Malachi's out there in our world that are going from church to church and bar to bar and club to club saying, I'm just trying to fill this vessel. I'm trying to put something in here that will last. We allow the influence of someone whose vessel is not my own to tell me what belongs in my vessel. We listen to the advertisement. We listen to the news and the media. We listen to all the other reports and the peer pressure of friends instead of just seeking out our own salvation and hungering after God. My giftings are not your giftings and my calling is not your calling. We are all different tonight. My twins very much look different. They act different. They have different interests. We all are our own unique vessel. We come in all shapes and all sizes and all colors. Some are for special occasions. You're like fine china. You, you dress up real nice and you look great and you look grand and you came from a great background and you've got the look and you've got everything you're supposed to have. And some of us are for just the everyday use. You're not trying to impress anybody. You're not trying to do anything special. You came from a rough background and and you have your own unique look and you're sitting there and, and you're comparing yourself and saying, I would never measure up to that and I would never be that, but the same oil that can fill this cup is the very same oil that can fill this cup. The same oil that poured out in that first vessel was the same oil that pulled out in the second vessel. All God is doing is saying, I'm looking for somebody empty. I'm looking for somebody that has come into my presence and says, I will wait on you, God. Some of us are meant to be a pure container. Your vessel, your vessel, your life is worth something. You may not see it now, but there is going to come a day where someone is going to need that vessel. Somebody's going to come knocking on the door and they're going to say, hey, there's a creditor that's coming. I need to borrow a vessel. I need somebody that can come and be a part of my miracle with me. I can't do this by myself. Are you going to be a willing vessel? Are you going to be one of those neighbors that when somebody comes knocking on your door that you said, yeah, you can use me. I've been praying for God to use me. I've been praying for the opportunity. And now here's a knock on the door. Yes, you can use me. Come on, where are we going? Oh, we're Going into my house Uh, The prophet said we're about to see a miracle Uh, The prophet said you go find As many vessels as you can And bring them into the house Someone's miracle is going to depend On your willingness to be a part The enemy would not come after you like he does And God would not pursue you like he does If you were not important You are far More worthy than you or anyone around you give you credit for. You are more than the red solo cup. And you are far greater than fine china. The word says you are a chosen vessel. You are a chosen vessel by God himself. You may not see it yet. Others may not notice it about you. But just give it time. Acts chapter 9, verse 11 said, And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias, that would be you, coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord... I have heard by many of this man. I've heard of the background that he came from. I've heard that he's not very good and he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, uh, fit in with our group over here. He doesn't look like we look and act like we lack and, and he doesn't do all of these things. And he said, I, I've heard by many of this man how evil he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he, this guy right here, he is a chosen vessel unto me. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Brother Oscar, you are a chosen vessel for God. Matthew, you are a chosen vessel by God. It doesn't matter what society says. It doesn't matter what the church says. Ananias is sitting there scratching his head. I don't get it. I don't understand. Why would you do that? And he's saying because he's a chosen vessel. He's greater than this and He's greater than this because He's mine because I've got my name on Him and I've got a purpose for His life I know what you see and I know it doesn't make sense and I know all about His past oh but if you could see His future If you could see what he's gonna do in the kingdom of God, if you could see all the Bible studies he's gonna teach, if you could see all the souls he's gonna bring in, he may not understand it all right from the beginning. He may not do it the way you've always done it. But Bubba, he's gonna have a hunger and a passion in his heart, and he's gonna leave that instant, and he's gonna start preaching. If you would just go lay hands on him, God's gonna do a work in his life. If you would set your own agenda and pride aside and say, "You know what? I'm just going to go grab that vessel and just see what God might do." He said, "He's a chosen vessel unto me." Second Timothy chapter two, verse 20 in the passion said, "In a palace, you may find many kinds of containers and tableware for many different uses." Some are beautifully inlaid with gold and silver. Some are made of wood or earthenware. Some of them are used for banquets and special occasions and some for everyday use. We got the fancy schmancy over here and we got the red solo over here and we've got these over here and we, they all serve their purpose. He said, but you, Timothy, must not see your life and ministry this way. You must not look at yourself as any old vessel. You must not downplay who you are and what God wants to do in you and through you. For your life and ministry must not be disgraced. For you are to be a pure container of Christ. Dedicated to the honorable purposes of your Master. Prepared for every good work that He gives you to do. So you know what? You're not going to look like them. And you're not going to look like them, as nice as they look and as nice as we aspire to be like that. God said the gold and the silver, it's beautiful but I'm calling you to something greater. I'm calling you to a higher purpose. It's a vessel of honor. It's one that comes in and is pure and is holy and is emptied out of all the other things because who knows what's all been in this? Who knows where this has been through? But I'm calling you to set your apart and to empty yourself out and let me use you. God doesn't desire for you to sit up in a trophy cabinet. Oh my, look at that goblet. Look at that trophy. It's so beautiful. Look what I've accomplished in this soul. No, God is looking for a vessel that He can use. He's looking for one He can pour out His Spirit into. It doesn't matter where you've come from or what you've looked like. He's saying, I want that availability. I want the children and the young people and the elders and every man and every woman to just come in and say, God, I know I'm not much. And I may not be that one. And I may not be that one. But I'm available. I'm a vessel emptied out. I know that I must be born again of water and of spirit to enter the kingdom of God. So Lord, whatever I've got to do to be filled, that's what I want to do. He said he wants you to be a vessel that's pure and honorable purpose prepared for every good work. You ought to want to stay pure for your purpose. You ought to want to make sure that you're clean, not knowing what day God may decide to use you in a unique way. You ought to ask God to cleanse you tonight and wash you and make you new again. If you received the Holy Ghost this morning, that's great. Ask Him again tonight, God, do a work in me again. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. I want to make sure that my cup overfloweth. I want to make sure that I am that vessel of honor. What we are going to do is empty ourselves. And we do that from time to time. And we come to an altar and we do a great job emptying ourselves out. And there is such an importance of being emptied out. But hear me, the vessel cannot stay empty. We cannot be proud that we're all cleaned up and that we look good and we remain empty. Well, I went to the altar and I asked God to forgive me. And I asked Him to take all of the junk out of my life. And He did that so now I'm good to go. No, the Bible says that we must be born again. We must allow His Spirit to be inside of us. The level of emptiness can and will determine how much I'm going to be filled. So when I empty, I want to empty everything. I want to make sure there's not any hidden part there. I want to make sure I get it all. But what God would want is for every vessel that has found itself in the house of God tonight to be filled We do a great job weeping and asking to change, saying we want to be free. But the Bible said in Matthew chapter 12 in the message, that when a defiling spirit is expelled from someone, it drifts along through the desert looking for an oasis, some unsuspecting soul it can bedevil. But when it does not find anyone, it says, well, I'll go back to my old haunt. On return it finds the person, oh yeah, it's spotlessly clean. It got all washed up, it got all cleaned, it went to an altar and it repented and it asked God to forgive it, but that was the extent of it. But it says that on return it finds the person spotlessly clean, but vacant. And so then, it runs out and rounds up seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all move in. Whooping it up, that person ends up far worse off than if he had never gotten cleaned up in the first place. He said, that's what this generation is like. You may think you've cleaned out all the junk from your lives and gotten ready for God, But you were not hospitable to my kingdom message. And now all the devils are moving back in. Woo! If for no other reason tonight you want to make sure that you're full of the Holy Ghost, that ought to be it right there. That when the devil comes back knocking on the door and you open the door and God and a host of angel armies are in there. That all those devils would say, I'm sorry, I got the wrong house. I didn't think you'd be filled. I didn't think you would have already gotten saved. I didn't think that God would have already done a work in your life. But you didn't waste any time. You kicked me out. You cleaned yourself up. You spoke in other tongues And now you're full and somebody else lives in here. Again, I say it, while it's important that you empty yourself out in an altar, you also have to be sure that when you make all the stuff vacate the vessel, you don't stay empty. you got to make sure you get to the house where the oil is flowing. You need to make sure you get to the upper room where the Spirit is being poured out. You can't be content just being empty. I wish someone in this place would say, I don't want to leave until I am full of Him. I don't want to leave until I know for a certainty that I am full of the Holy Ghost. This is a month of fellowship. That word fellowship means association, community, and communion. But one other word that I really like says it means joint Participation. That means when this one rejoices, you rejoice. And when this one weeps, you weep. And when this one decides they're going to get out and get out in the aisle and shout and dance, that you say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to join in on that. That's what fellowship looks like sometimes. It's not always just sitting there and playing games and that's great and wonderful. But it's also when you join hands with somebody and say, come on, let's shout together. Let's worship together. Let's go into the house of the Lord together. Because there is something that happens when all of the vessels come into the same place for the same purpose. They may not even know why they're there. They may have just said, yeah, sure, you can borrow my vessel. Here, you can take it into your house. You can borrow it. They may not even know how they got there. They may have just shown up. But they are there in the house and all of a sudden the Spirit of God starts moving. And God begins to do a work because all the vessels are there for the same purpose. And if the vessel can do that, the outcome will be the same. They come in and say, are you worshipping tonight? If you will, I will. Are you going to run tonight? If you will, I will. Are you going to give your life to God? If you will, I will. Come on, let's participate in this together. And that's what they did that day. Jesus said, I want you to go and I want you to tarry in an upper room. And don't you know, they were saying, come on, you're going to want to be a part of this. I don't know what all's going to happen, but I can tell you, you're going to want to be there. I just have something inside of me that is stirring that tells me it's going to be good. And they walk into the house of God and they walk into that upper room and they sit down and they just start praying and they start worshiping and they linger I don't know how long they sit there and pray and worship but they said I'm not leaving until he brings whatever he's bringing I'm not leaving until that promise does come and the Bible says and when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place all the vessels were there they were stationed they were positioned Right where they needed to be. They were there with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all of the house that they were sitting. Every corner, every crevice, from the top to the bottom, every chair. It consumed them. It washed over them. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and it. Set upon each of them It set on this one And it set on that one And it set on this one And it set on that one And by the end of it 120 people were speaking in other tongues As God gave them the ability And they were saved And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost And began to speak with other tongues As the Spirit gave them utterance All of them Every vessel, every walk of life, every heart, every home, every single one that was willing to come into the house where the oil was being poured out, every single one that was willing to be there as that woman poured out, God said, I'm going to follow suit. If you'll show up to the house, I'm going to pour out. If you'll open up your life, I'm going to pour out. Well, when's it going to stop? Oh. This well don't run dry This is never going to stop flowing I'm never going to stop Pouring out my spirit God desires for his church Is the same today As it was then I want to pour out Until they are all filled You might be satisfied With one person that gets the Holy Ghost On a service and that's great and wonderful And that's exciting But he said the promise is unto you, whoever you are tonight. He said it's unto you, and to your children, and to all. Even this one? Oh yeah, even that one. What about this one? Oh yeah, that one too. What about that one back there? Oh yeah, that one back there too. What about them over there? Oh yeah, those two. All of them. This promise is for all of them. Scripture goes on to say, Then they that gladly received the Word that day were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. All of them that gladly came in and said, I'll receive whatever you've got in store, I want it. This isn't just for the elite vessels. This is for all This isn't for the fine china. It's not for the red solo. It's not for the Starbucks cup. This isn't for your coffee pot. This isn't for the perfect. This isn't for the poor only. The vessels they borrowed from one house didn't look the same as the vessel from the other house. But when you got a debt to pay and you're in need of a miracle, you quit worrying about what everything else looks like. When you said, go borrow a few, go knock on your neighbor's door. I have a heart time in my mind seeing them go and knock on the door saying what what you got oh no thanks i don't i don't want that one uh, what what do you have what do you have to, i don't want that one No that vessel ain't going to work He said go get all that you can I believe that every person That came with a vessel Yes that will be great thank you Yes that's perfect thank you Yes that's wonderful thank you I'll take what you have And I'll take what you have And I'll take what you have I'm desperate for a miracle Because I've got to get serious about this Because there's a creditor That's coming He's coming to take me He's coming and to take my brother, and he's gonna make us be slaves for him. So you don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, but just know any vessel is good enough for me. You quit worrying about what everyone is gonna think when you bring in your vessel. Oh God, oh, it's embarrassing. They know what, what I've done. They know where I've come from. They know the walk of life I've had. When there's somebody that's coming in and say, I don't care. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care about my past anymore. I don't care about the hurt. If the oil is flowing here, that's where I want to be. If it's flowing here, I'm not going to leave until it overflows. When the oil starts flowing, somehow what you were pouring out of has as much in it as when you started pouring out. Don't you know they brought a vessel, and they're pouring, 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 and that one's full. And they're pouring, 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 and that one's full. And they're moving all the full ones over here. Don't you know they were sitting there saying, my God, how is this possible? How is this possible? That vessel alone is bigger than the vessel that one even was holding the oil in. And it filled that one up. And mama's still pouring. And mama's still pouring. And mama's still giving. How does it happen? Because God said, I'm not content until all of them are full. Until every vessel that has been brought into this house is full. When they finally got to the place where they were all full, then the oil stopped. Then God said, all right, whew, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I want to do in your life. That's what I want to do at Greater Life Church. That's what I want to happen in a high kid's room on a Sunday is I want those kids to go up there, some of them not even knowing why they're there. Maybe a friend invited them to come to Sunday school, but they are up there and their hands are lifted, and all of a sudden, they're going and they're saying, Brother Colby, go get another one. Oh, that's it, Brother Colby. Every kid has received the gift of the Holy Ghost today. Every single one of them are speaking in tongues today. All of them are full. All of them are speaking in tongues. All of them are saying they're ready to be baptized tithes in Jesus name and God saying come on kids don't stop praying don't stop worshipping I'm still pouring out don't give up don't give in let's stand all over this house he said it shall come to pass in the last days I will pour out how long are you going to pour out Oh, to as many as will receive me? I'm looking for a vessel with hand. I don't care how many times you've spoken in tongues. I don't care how many times you've had revival. How many times you feel like you've you've gotten to that place with God you want to be. God said, I want you tonight to know. He said, even the empty vessels. That meant there were some that would be coming in that weren't empty. There would be some that were coming in just maybe half filled, half empty. There were some that were on three-quarter tank. God said, I don't care who they are. I don't care what level they feel like they're at tonight. If they feel that they're at rock bottom, dry, empty, I want to pour out tonight. But if they feel like they were refreshed today, this morning service, and they were full of the Holy Ghost, then I want to pour out on them again tonight. Because I want everybody to be full of the Holy Ghost. Well do I have to be full of it? Well we got a lot of people full of other things. Acts chapter 4 verse 8. Then Peter. Filled. With the Holy Ghost. Verse 31. And when they had prayed. The place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were. All. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 9. Ananias told Saul. Saul when he finally agreed to obey and heed that word of God and told him to go and he finally said okay I'll do whatever you say he said God has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost I want you to receive your sight I want you to be full of the Holy Ghost if you're healed on this earth but you're lost because you were never filled. What good was that healing? But I want you to be healed and I want you to be saved. Acts 13 says, Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. So now we see he's full of the Holy Ghost now. And he can set his eyes on him because he's been filled and he's been restored, his vision. John speaks of the vessels at the marriage for Jesus and his first noted miracle being filled to the brim. Ephesians 5.18 says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Tonight you've been gathered into this house from all over. From Alvin, from Dickinson, from Pasadena, from Houston, League City, Deer Park, and others. Maybe you're a guest here tonight. Maybe you don't know why you're here tonight. Maybe past failures and past mistakes and your broken home has left you feeling worthless and useless. But it matters not tonight. The only thing that matters tonight is we need some vessels and not just a few. I'm not looking for one or two, I'm looking for a bunch because we need more that can carry the oil. We need more people out in this world that are anointed by God, that are full of the Holy Ghost, that can speak His Word. We're going to borrow some vessels tonight, and some are red and some are yellow, some are black, some are white. Some seem perfect and some are so flawed. But the oil will fall on whoever is available. The fire will fall on whosoever will. The Spirit will fall on anyone. Even your children and their children. To borrow means to take and to use something that belongs to someone else. With the intention of returning it. So when he says, can we borrow your vessel? They bring it into the house and they pour the oil in and they sell it. If they borrowed it, they have every intention of giving it back. Maybe they sold it to the people they borrowed it from. I don't know, but I know this. There are people that are looking and they're saying, are you going to send them back into the same place that you pulled them out of? Are you going to let them go into that same broken home? Are you gonna let them go back into that school and that job where you brought them in to hear from? You're gonna say, oh yeah, I am because this time it's different. This time they are going back out into their world having been touched by the oil. This time they're going back out full of the oil and full of the holy ghost and full of the anointing so yes i want them to be full here and i want them to go back out there And I want them to pour out when they get out there. Because every person they sold that oil to, guess what? They didn't go take that bottle of oil and put it up in a cabinet somewhere and say, Man, ain't that pretty? No. They would open that up and they would pour it out. And they would use it. And they would apply it. You hear me? When God fills you, it is not the will of God for you to just... Stay put and be content, and say, "Bless God, I'm full of the Holy Ghost." God is waiting on you to open it up, and you start pouring out, and you start giving of yourself. When they go back, they can say, "What's what's different about you? Oh, it was the oil? It was the oil that someone saved." Did you catch that? The woman said, "I don't have anything left, save a pot of oil. I'm willing to depart with a lot of things. I don't have to. I don't have to have this, and I don't have to have that, brother. Buddy, you can have my couch. You can have my bed, brother Stewart. You can have the dogs. You can have all the pots and pans. You can have it all." But I'm going to keep my pot of oil. Because I can't live without the oil. I can't live without this. I can live with a lot of things. But I cannot live without the anointing. If the oil is all you've got left. Then the oil is all that you need. We ask God into this place right now. To reignite us with purpose. Not just a few, but no more empty vessels. We're looking that by the end of service, we can look around and say, No more, Brother Landon. I don't see anybody not praying. I don't see anybody not worshiping. Let's make sure we are all full. And then the oil can stop. But even then, let someone want their cup to overflow kid, I want you to take mom and dad by the hand right now. And I want you to come up. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues tonight, uh, I want to invite you up to the front. Uh, I want you to know that God wants to fill you tonight. Uh, God wants to pour out His Spirit upon you tonight. Uh, That when you're praying, it's more than just a decree saying, yes, uh, I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. But then God begin to pour out His Spirit. And as you pray, you begin to pray like they did in the book of Acts. And you begin to speak in other tongues. Come on somebody, find somebody around you. Don't embarrass anybody but grab them by the hand. Ask them if they'd come pray with you. And say, come on, let's not leave until we're full. Let's not leave until our children." Have seen a work of God until our babies are speaking in other tongues. Oh, there's a creditor that's coming, there's somebody coming. Oh, but Lord, the oil is still being poured out tonight. <speaking>